The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. We're talking AFC South, Houston, Texans, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, and yes, the Tennessee Titans who made a run towards the end of last season. You're listening to Sean and Brad on Get Paged. Brad, how you doing, my friend? Well, I haven't managed to get any decent sleep in about two days, and I don't know what's, I don't know, I was up at like 4 a.m. today, just raring to go, that's four hours worth. Yesterday, I had to get up for work, so that was super annoying. Yeah. Um, yesterday, I was completely cranky the entire day, and I can't wait to see what today brings. <laughs> well, I know you're uh, going to the gym right after this, you have a gym appointment, because you're in Miami, so, uh, you know, things are locked down there, especially now. And so you have a gym appointment after that. Maybe that'll help you sleep a little better tonight. Yeah, maybe it will. Uh, yeah, I've been, I've been injured, so I haven't been able to exercise myself, and that's been impacting me. Um, so instead of exercise, the thing I like to do is, is drink at night, drink alcohol, yeah. and eat chocolate. So not only am I not exercising, I'm actually going completely in the opposite direction. So uh, I, need, uh, I need some sense of normalcy here, as, as I think all of the uh, – uh, all of the uh, the basically country probably is in that same boat. Um, I could also yeah. use uh, sustainable employment and sustainable revenue <laughs> since since the economy. That would be nice out. as well. That would be nice. That would be nice. But ah, forget it. Just drink it away at night. Drink it away and let's talk football. So, um, Dave, let's just start, man. We got the uh, the Houston Texans um, in the off season. I got to say, Bill O'Brien, the GM is um, not impressing me. Uh, here's a deal. Okay, so you had DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, we talk about receivers on this on this show. And a lot of times, I think, as an organization, as um, a general manager, if you're just looking at dollars and cents, you have a salary cap, you have to make sure that you have enough to pay everybody, you have a Deshaun Watson extension coming very soon, especially now that Patrick Mahomes got his $500 million. Uh, Deshaun Watson's next, you know. Um you need to make sure that you're not spending too much on these positions. So DeAndre Hopkins is one of these guys, almost like a Julio Jones, these top flight receivers that know their top flight receivers and they're perpetually asking for a raise, which I got to say, um, as an employee, um, and as a career person, um, I always perpetually ask for more money too. And there's nothing wrong with wanting more. And I will say DeAndre Hopkins to me is in a different class because, in the year that Deshaun Watson got hurt, um, in the years before Deshaun Watson was drafted, and you had guys like TJ Yates um, throwing him the ball, the dude produced like he was still yeah. like having a Pro Bowl. He's fantastic. He is fantastic to me. I think he's if he's not the best, he's among the best pure wide receivers in the NFL. Um, so I think that he was actually worth the money. Um, now Bill O'Brien, I think, got annoyed with the constant ask for. Um, for you know raises and he finally shipped them out you know he is a little bit of um i don't want to say he's difficult because all of his like deandre hopkins's gripes i've kind of like agreed with and empathized with him you know when the when the owner the former owner um you know when there was a lot of racial tension before um the last time there was a lot of racial tension the owner there wasn't really sensitive to it so it kind of pissed deandre like i've been empathetic to deandre hopkins i've actually been on the side but here's the deal trading deandre hopkins and getting getting back basically David Johnson, who's a little bit washed up, and only a second round pick. Don't love it. Um, I don't love really any of the moves he's made. He ended up trading 
Also, Brad, for Brandon Cooks, who also strikes me as washed up. Yeah. They have talent on the team. And look, Deshaun Watson is where it goes. Why don't you talk about Deshaun Watson a little bit? Because I'm rambling here a little bit. Uh, I like Deshaun Watson, man. I think he shows a lot of promise. I yeah. think he's like the, you know, I, I'm not saying he's Patrick Mahomes. Mm. Um, you know, he's not, if, if there's a top 10 in the league, maybe he's 8th, ninth, or 10th, right? Um, but upward ascending. You know, that you, you say that and that sounds low, but if we worked our way through it, I don't think But if we worked our way through it, it wouldn't be, right. Yeah, That's I mean— right. it does sound low, but if we worked our way through it, it'd probably be spot on. Well, let's 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 work our way through it right now. Okay. That, that seems like fun, right? So I'll, I'll go in order and memory the best I can without having the helmets. I can probably, if I look behind myself, I can see I have all the helmets. But um, AFC East, I don't think there's a single quarterback I'd take over him. Uh, you got Josh Allen, Darnold, Cam Newton, mm-hmm. and um, um, Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I think Correct. nobody there. Then you got the North. I think at this point you could make a good argument for Lamar Jackson, considering he's the reigning MVP. Honestly, I don't. Yeah, you can make that argument. You can easily. make the argument. So let's say let's say yes, Lamar Jackson. Even though honestly, if I was a GM, I don't know because I think uh, Deshaun Watson's a better passer. But you can make the argument. So let's just say yes. So that's one. Uh, ben Roethlisberger at this point, no, um, just because he's older. Baker Mayfield certainly not. Joe Burrow certainly not. So we're at one. Um, in their division, Philip Rivers for the Colts. You got Gardner Minshew. You got Ryan Tannehill. No. Okay, uh, Patrick Mahomes. You've already is def- passed up on Philip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger. You're saying Deshaun Watson is better than the two at of them? this stage. Not, I, I would absolutely no, no, no. take. I I feel not like if you contract. put if you if you put to me if you put Deshaun Watson on Pittsburgh, I think he's an upgrade at this stage today over Ben. Not not career because you know Roethlisberger's right, one not of career. Superstars. We're talking about today. We're not talking about contract. We're right. talking about today. One game for one season. I would but take I would Deshaun Watson with that. You would disagree? Uh, okay, fair enough. I would. I would. I would. I think Big Ben is one of those guys, those rare guys that can play at a high level till he's 42, 43. Okay. I do. Like Brady or Rodgers, possibly Drew Brees is doing this. I'm saying, I am saying one game Super Bowl, I take Deshaun Watson over Roethlisberger. You disagree? I'm Man, cool with that. I, I highly disagree. All right. So Based uh, on experience, I'm at here. one. Okay. You're at two. What about Phillip Rivers? Do you take Phillip Rivers? Nah, he kind of lost it, right? Yeah. Even yeah. though I, I don't know if Deshaun Watson is better than Philip Rivers. I think he is, man. Scenario. To me, to me, to me, he one. is. But yeah, I'll give uh, you that one. Okay. Uh, Mahomes, obviously, right? Mahomes, um, you would take over him. I don't think so. He, we're at three. Yeah, you're at three. Correctly. I'm at two. Um, okay. Who else do they got there? They got uh, Carr is a no. Um, they have uh, Herbert or Tarod Taylor. That's a no. And Drew Locke, that's a no. Okay. So now we're into the NFC. Wentz, do you take him over to Sean Watson? That's hmm. that's a hmm, That's an argument. Uh, you know, I think Philadelphia fans would take Wentz over Watson, maybe. Um, I think they would. That type of franchise, I think so. That blue-collar stuff, I, they'd prefer. It's enough maybe. of an argument that we could throw them in there. So that's three and four. Uh, Dak Prescott's a no for me. Daniel Jones is a no. Dwayne Haskins is right, a no. Right. Um, Aaron right. Rodgers, one game. I take Aaron Rodgers at this point mm-hmm. for one game. The Super Bowl, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers starting. Still got to go Rodgers over Watson. Yeah, but you got Still. Yeah, Cousins, Stafford, um, Nick Foles, no. Well, I mean, it, look, Stafford is not a winner. Yeah, right. But is but is Watson better than Stafford? I've seen Stafford ball, man, and we know the guy gets stats. There, I know, I know he hasn't won anything of significance ever. 
I don't know. Is he better than than Stafford? Watson. I mean, Watson won in college, and he took Clemson. Basically, put Clemson on the map. You know, he's baller. He's badass. Okay, yeah. I retract my comments. Um. So, right. so then you got um for one game Super Bowl. Do I take Tom Brady? Do I take Drew Brees over Deshaun Watson for a Super Bowl start? I do. I for both of yeah, those guys, right. I do. So now we're at seven. Okay. Um. And then in the West, uh, Russell Wilson's a yes for me. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, right. Golf. Jimmy G. Jimmy G. I don't actually put those guys over Watson personally. And then and Kyler Murray, not yet either. So, yeah. I mean, you're, you're basically kind of – I think I, th- I have them like one or two spots higher than you, but we have them on the backside of the top ten. Both of us do. Exactly. So, so let's say he falls anywhere from eight to ten on anybody's scale. Right. Anybody with an educated – Look at the league, but then, but then he's also you can make certain arguments here and there that would slide him the other way too. So yeah, and, and it, he's, he's done a lot, in my opinion, with this franchise with no offensive. It's almost like young Russell Wilson when you think about it. Um, like Russell Wilson for a couple years had no offensive line and no run support, and he was balling out. And I think the difference between I say Deshaun Watson and maybe earlier Russell Wilson, just kind of looking back, is that. Seattle had that Legion of Doom defense, you know? Yeah. And so if you think of, like, if Deshaun Watson, if you pair him and this this Houston Texans offense with, like, say, last year's San Francisco 49ers defense, eh, I mean, that's, Super Bowl, that's a Super Bowl-challenging team, right? And so I think, to me, I guess what we can say is Deshaun Watson, when you have him, you're competing every week. You can make the playoffs. But they need to build some stuff around him. And when you remove Deshaun, or DeAndre Hopkins from that, and he was obviously his favorite receiver, and you replace For sure, him. those guys had a connection, did they not? Yeah, I mean, they, they, I mean, they, had, they looked good out there. They had synergy. It was almost like, um, I wouldn't say it was quite at the level, but the old Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown connection. Like, connection yeah, is big yeah. with receivers. Let me ask you this. Mm. Let me ask you this. What is it about Hopkins that makes him so likable? Is it just me? Are you talking or about Hopkins I, or I, Watson? Hopkins, the receiver. Something you know, I think he's polarizing. And his energy, he's I, just like... I, th- I think there are a lot of people great. that don't like him. Uh, um, I okay, th- so I it think is just me. I, yeah, I like him a lot too, but I, f- I feel like, you know, honestly, I think it's like what we're seeing in America um, is kind of like the different sides. Is A lot of people don't kind of like the, the younger louder more vocal people and there's a mentality i think of like maybe people who are a little bit older because we're right in the middle in terms of age right now i think people that are older than us look at that and just say shut up you're making millions just be happy with what you get whereas maybe you and me are kind of more like go with the flow type people and just like hey you know what's wrong with wanting more and he's earned it that's the difference like well he has earned it and also if you don't ask you don't get that's you know squeaky squeaky mouse gets the the cheese Right. So there, there's a character trait. One of the big five character traits is agreeableness, right? Yeah. Agreeableness slash disagreeableness. And men are far more disagreeable than women, mm. right? Their temperament is one of saying no, if, and they mean it, okay? And, and the result of that trait is that they are far more willing to ask for more money, right, than a woman is. It's one of the reasons why men make more money than women. Mm. It's just one of them. It's a personality trait, mm-hmm. right? So if he feels like he's the man, the man, you've done this, dude. You have felt worthy, and you have asked for money repeatedly. Yeah. Right? When we <laughs> yeah, work I sure job, have. Right? <laughs> I sure have. For sure. Yeah. And I didn't ask because I'm highly agreeable, and <laughs> I didn't have a lot of value. And I know this. All right? <laughs> yeah, well, some so would say he, you're self-aware, and maybe I'm not so much. 
<laughs> yeah, well, maybe, right? You could argue that to the end of time too. Yeah. Uh, but if he feels like he's the man and he walks in there and says, this is what I deserve, then who is anybody else to tell exactly. him that he's wrong? Exactly. That's like, you know, some uh, not to go down the slant. I don't really want to go down this hole because, I mean, this could be hours of talk. But, you know, this this talk, there's a bunch of people who are talking about, you know, the, the BLM, the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, the, the Washington Redskins team name change and all that. You know, I was talking with somebody recently and they're like, when is it just going to when is it going to be enough? Like the idea I of, know, you know, these, know. and when is it going to be enough? When is it going to be enough? And my answer to that is when sh- I mean, when should it be like wh- why if, if you're not happy with something, why should you be quiet about it? To appease somebody mm. else, like everybody is entitled to an opinion, at least in this country. Last time I checked, right? You're entitled. Well, when you to said, an "When is it going to be enough?" What are you referring to? Um, when is what? You know, a progression, um, racial progression. Um, you know, like um, yeah, basically, racial progression was it. And well, uh, and, you, and know, you know, the asking for salary, I think, is an, is another kind of permutation to that. When is it going to be enough? Well, when it, when should it be enough? Like, who who are any of us to say, hey, you should be happy with this, so don't say anything? Yeah, that's right, not that's right. not how humans work. That's just not how it works. You know, people you know, always want more, and you know, they want fulfillment, and you know, to to get fulfillment. You know, sometimes you got to, you know, protest or sometimes you got to demand a raise and hold out yeah. in your contract. Sometimes you just got to do that. And and for any of us, I know like we all root for our team and all that. Like it would drive you nuts if Aaron Rodgers refused to report to training camp. It would be it would drive you crazy if Devontae Adams held out, right? As a Packers fan. And it drives us nuts because, you know, we want our team to be the best, but who are we as humans to Yeah. to say yeah. like, you I, know, you know I'm all for DeAndre Hopkins asking for money, yeah. more money, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, the one thing that I, I I don't like these days is I think that Aaron Rodgers, you know, I think it would behoove him to take a little bit of a pay cut so we could sign some other guys, right? <laughs> I know. Like, okay, right? When you retire, you're going to have $300 million or you're going to have $280 million and maybe two more rings. Yeah, it's like, Tom Brady understood who, it. Who am I? Tom Brady understood it, right? Yeah. And and like, I'm sure he's making a hundred million dollars before he dies through more sponsors, right? And right. commercials, mm-hmm. you know. So it's you make that money up. Going to, he's going to make it up tenfold. It's not like that's the issue. So, so I gotta I can, say though, say because Deshaun Watson, like I said, he's the next to get a really big contract. And I think what Patrick Mahomes did. That ten-year, five hundred million dollar contract. People see five hundred million dollars, and their eyes start spinning. But if I've been banging this drum with Dak Prescott for a while, is the economics of the NFL are going to change? First of all, next year because of the lost revenue, the lost ticketing and, and attendance revenues this year that we're going to be facing with COVID, the salary cap's going to go down. I think mm-hmm. that the NFL owners are going to have to come up with some kind of basically relief. Um, salary cap relief because there are a lot of teams that knows it right to the edge of that salary cap line. If the salary cap drops by 25% because of COVID, I mean, it, it's it's basically a reset for the entire league because teams are just going to It might be to, a reset. You know, and, and, and that, that's what it will be. And I don't think that's what NFL fans and really owners and, and players, I don't think that's what they want. So I think there's going to have to be a temporary relief next year, but that'll be a storyline for next offseason. But um, I think what's going to happen then with. Um, um, Watson is he'll get like one of these 10-year deals because what happens is once things are normal in say the season the 2022 NFL season and remember uh, and we haven't heard much about it but gambling is legalized the NFL is expecting the salary cap to go up by like 80 percent to 100 percent so when Mahomes yeah. signs his 500 million dollar deal what ends up happening is his percentage of cap in years two three four five he's going to be a bargain 
And people aren't thinking that now, mm. but he's going to be a bargain. And mm. so, um, yeah, and the way that, that the uh, Kansas City Chiefs did it is he's basically getting these really high-value roster bonuses. So the Chiefs have enough protection if five years down the line, if, if Mahomes isn't cutting it anymore, which I don't think is, is likely at all. Though, yeah. you know, they can cut them loose and, and not be completely crippled by, you know, that um, that accelerated money. So I think Watson will get one of these, like, long, maybe seven- to eight-year contracts. Mahomes, he's making a lot of money in years, you know, one through four. But I'm telling you, in year four, he's going to be a bargain, the way these contracts are going to be scheduled in a few years. So in years six through ten, it's going to be like what we experienced with Tom Brady. And, and him taking, like, you know, Tom Brady was making, like, $17 million. It's going to be the same with Mahomes in years 6 through 10. If you look at just pure economics of football. And Deshaun Watson, for the Houston's sake, if I'm Houston, I'm ponying up that money now. I'm getting him mm. under contract. And um, and I, I have no problem giving him 10 years $500 million. I have no problem. Maybe he's not yeah, as good. Really? Maybe 450 since he's not quite where Mahomes is and what he's accomplished. No problem. I think that's exactly. Let me what ask you this. Is. Yeah, over under one and a half Super Bowls for Patrick Mahomes for the rest of his career. Over for the rest. Over. Meaning he has to win two for the rest of his career, or he's yes. got to have two yes. total. Two more. Two more. I'm on the over. I think that Kansas City right you think now. He wins three total. I think he wins at least three total because, like I said, wow. you know the, the economics. I'm telling you, like when 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 Patrick Mahomes and this will happen when Mahomes' salary is to a point where his his percentage of cap is lower. Um, I, they're going to be able to build a crazy team around him, and they're going to be able to maintain this crazy unit around him. And um, I think that they're the, they, they have to be the Super Bowl favorite coming into the season. So they're going to be a Super Bowl threat. They're in a Super Bowl window for at least five years, in my opinion. Yeah. Probably more than that. And teams like the Ravens and the 49ers, I, I think, are the only two organizations that, at this point today that can challenge that. Um, so we're getting almost, if to make a tennis analogy, we're getting a lot of, I think, um, you know, Roger Federer versus Rafa Nadal and Djokovic. I think we're going to have three teams basically slugging it out. And really, that's yeah. kind of what we've been doing for the last few years. It's been the Patriots, you know, the Manning Colts, the Manning Broncos. Yeah. So there's been a couple Steelers, of teams. Yeah. Um, and the Seahawks for a couple years were a threat. You know, I, I think that's what, what we're going to be seeing. And I think the new trifecta is the 49ers, the Ravens, and the Chiefs. Mm, so, mm, mm. so all this to say, moving it back to uh, Houston. Look, they have Deshaun Watson. Are they a playoff team? You know, I don't know. I think that I, I think that the I optics. So. You do. I do. I, I do. I think. Well, I'm going to hit you with you over and under in just a just a second here, Brad. But I think the optics of trading Hopkins and then trading for Brandon Cooks, who had some issues last year, the receivers now are Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller, Randall Cobb. But I will say, there's an argument that top to bottom, it's the best receiving group. Obviously, they lose DeAndre Hopkins. That's that's a massive loss. Um, the optics of that has hurt their over under projection, Brad. Over under, I'm going to hit you with this now. Over under for the Houston Texans. Uh, let me get to my other window here. It's something else up. Seven and a half wins for the Houston Texans. Wow, wow. You know, out of all the over unders I've heard so far, that, that one is the juiciest one for me. I think, you know, because they have Watson, I think he's the type of guy that if you had to bet, you would say playoffs, right? Like you would just assume he, yep. he takes them to the playoffs over not taking them combine that with the fact that they're in a poor division typically yeah right right mm -hmm. that he's he's the best quarterback in the division they're the best team and they will win way more than seven games man. yeah right. i mean 10 11 
That's so, where I'm putting them. And they were 10 and 6 last year. And I put a, a power rankings um, video up on YouTube, and I actually had them outside my top 15. Um, but here's the deal, and, I, and, and I'm looking at that, and we're talking about it. It's Deshaun Watson. I don't think we're giving enough respect to Deshaun Watson. And look, Bill O'Brien, uh, the GM. We may not be. And we Bill O'Brien, the GM, I'm not, I'm not enamored with. Bill O'Brien, the coach, he's a little bit underrated. Like, he doesn't do much in the playoffs. Yeah. But, he, I mean, this, this Texans team had kind of a bare closet, and he's, he's won some games with them. So it's hard for me to imagine if Watson is healthy for an entire season that they win less than eight games. So I have to be on the over here. But let me just be a devil's advocate. Um, you got... Philip Rivers coming in with a scheme that he's familiar with in Frank Reich on a team that's really good in Indianapolis. Uh, Tennessee, they have Ryan Tannehill back. They have uh, Derrick Henry back in that defense that was very good and getting better. So it is possible that this is the third best team in the division. Very possible, but still, it's hard for me to imagine Deshaun Watson wins less than eight games. So I'm with you. I'm on I know, Rivers. me too. Me too. Uh, and also, you know, if he's, one more thing on him. If he's if he's the type of guy we say he is, this he'll be peaking this year, right? This right. is year what? Is, it's uh, three or four, four, it must be, right? Am four. I remembering correctly? It's either four. Okay. So yeah, I, is, it's at least four. It's at least four. It might be five, but I think it's four. He'll come into his own, and this will be his best year. He'll it, it, Everything will slow down for him. Uh, it is. He was drafted in 2017. He's he is okay. year, This will be year four for him. Uh, Brad, before we move it on to uh, the Indianapolis Colts here, let me talk about our good friends, betonline.ag. Everybody, go ahead and visit betonline.ag for the best bonuses in the business. We got NFL back. At least we're talking about it. We got the NBA. They're in camp. We got MLB. Their games are going to be starting. I think by the time we record next week, they're actually the, the games are actually going to be live. Professional sports in America. Again, can you believe it? At least one of the major ones. It all continues to heat up, everybody. Get in on the action. Visit our good friends and exclusive partner podcast, onebetonline.ag, to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account. Make sure to use that promo code PODCAST1 for the 50% sign-up bonus. Brad and I are talking overs and unders. We have a few divisions left to go. I, I'm i just happy to talk about sports again, for crying out loud. Everybody, once again, visit betonline.ag. Don't forget to use that promo code PODCAST1 for your 50% sign-up bonus. BetOnline, your online sports book experts. Also, um, I've been neglecting to mention my fantasy football almanac and draft guide, Brad. Can you believe that? Um, so That's before we talk about the 2020 Indianapolis Colts, uh, just a reminder, the fantasy football almanac draft guide, click the link below. You can take, uh, take it. Last time I saw it was 41 reviews, five star reviewed everybody that buys the book, they come back. So I have, you know, pretty good growth because everybody recurs, um, better, uh, sleepers, math driven sleepers, um, a history, a published history of our sleepers and what we got right risk players. We tell you who to avoid and the best bet or the best yet is free updates all off season so we keep you up to date and uh the publication does have cam newton to the patriots it's the most up to date as well uh so check it out amazon it's only like 11 bucks or something like that way better than anything you get at a grocery store and way more up to date than anything that you'll get at a grocery store in preparation for your fantasy football drafts all right brad so we got the indianapolis colts um look man i like this team last year uh they they were good they played hard they were and, good andrew luck you know waited till till basically uh an hour before the first game to retire I thought, dude, I, I think Andrew Luck did did them dirty. Um, yeah. You know, to retire basically the third preseason game because you got a calf issue, you know, it's his choice to make. It's his decision. Um, so, you know, all humans can make a decision as we were talking about earlier. But I feel like if you were wavering, and maybe he did this behind the scenes, but gosh, man, the third preseason game to do that. So then they're left with Jacoby Brissett, who's okay, but he's not a starting quarterback. 
uh, they played strong. They played hard. They were a lot like the Pittsburgh Steelers last year to me. Offensive line's good. Running game's good. Defense getting better. Jacoby Brissett, I think he went like 24-12, and 12, touchdown to pass, uh, interception ratio. It's just not good enough, man. And so you, you get rid of and basically upgrade that position. You get Phillip Rivers, who everybody saw the interceptions last year. Um, everybody's thinking, well, he's old. Now he's going to a new team. He has to learn a new offense. Uh-uh, he does not have to learn a new offense. Frank Reich coached Phillip Rivers in San Diego uh, back when they were still in San Diego um, to his best years as, as a professional. Um, the best Chargers seasons, Frank Reich was the play caller there. I think that um, with respect to North Turner, those were also some pretty, pretty good years for uh, for old uh, Philip Rivers here. But putting him on this team, man, I think they they turn into a very very immediate threat. I like them, man. So what do you think about Philip Rivers going over to the Indianapolis Colts? Uh, I always liked Rivers. For some reason, I thought he got a not a bad rap, but I think he's been underrated his entire career. The guy slings it, and I just like the way he plays the game. So I think it's going, it's going to be – I think that maybe there's a possibility for a little bit of resurgence for Rivers over there. If yeah, they embrace I, I, him, they, they wrap the team around him for sure. I think that Rivers um, – the, the unfortunate thing for Rivers is that he was drafted in the same class as Eli Manning and Ben Roethlisberger. Both have two Super Bowl victories. Um, yeah, and Philip yeah. Rivers, Philip Rivers, I think those Chargers, there were a couple Chargers teams where I think legitimately they were the best team, um, in the NFL in their season. And then the Patriots yeah. got past them. Like there was yeah. a year that I think, uh, 14 and two one year and they didn't do it. They had yeah. Rivers and Tomlinson, right? They yeah. were so baller. And, and they didn't make it happen. And there were two seasons. One, Philip Rivers tore his ACL and still played in the game, which is freaking nuts when you think about it. Tore his ACL and played in the AFC Championship game. They lost to the Patriots, yeah. I believe, that year. So that was one year, and that was the year I think they were the best team in the league. Uh, there was another um, deep, deep-ish playoff run. Uh, maybe they lost in the second round or something where Danny and Tomlinson like, tore an MCL or something in the game and couldn't finish the game. So, I mean, there were there was legitimate bad luck, and there were legitimate reasons they couldn't get past there, but he gets overshadowed by freaking Eli Manning. I think he's way better quarterback than Eli Manning ever was. Um, and yes, Ben Roethlisberger, I think right, Ben Roethlisberger right. fairly is, is historically a better quarterback. But Philip Rivers, I agree with you, man. I think he's, he's overshadowed and overlooked, and I think it's because of the Brady and Manning kind of jousting, and he never, in his best years, they were kind of snake-bitten snake at injuries. I mean, when you're talking about in the Colts, be- or I'm sorry, in the Chargers' best season, uh, he had an ACL terror and had to play that that championship game with a knee brace. I mean that that limits you, <laughs> you know. It limits you. Yeah, so yeah. it's a bummer. I, I do I do agree with you, man. I like Rivers. I think he tried to make too much happen last year with the Chargers, and the Chargers for the last like f- five years have not surrounded him with a ton of talent. The Colts have talent. They have That's a good true. running game. That's true. They do have talent. I agree. I think I agree. Frank Reich is one of the most underrated coaches in the NFL, and their defense is going to keep them in game. Their defense is underrated, too. I know we think about the Charger, or, uh, the Colts. I keep saying Chargers. I apologize. Um, we, we keep thinking about the Colts as, a, as an offensive team, but their defense is baller. They're, they're good. And so my big question for them isn't necessarily whether, you know, whether or not gonna be able to, they're going to be able to move the chains. It's they have T.Y. Hilton, and then they have some other guys – you know, they drafted a guy this year. You got Paris Campbell in his second year. You got Zach Pascal. They have some guys, but they're not a really heralded wide receiver group. But in T.Y. Hilton, maybe they have enough. So I like this team, and I do think they are my favorite team in this division. Would you go that far, Brad? Do you th- would you call them your favorites to, to win the division coming into the season? 
Huh. Well, I definitely think you could make the argument, um, although I am going to stick with what I just said, that yeah. Deshaun Watson is the best quarterback in that division. Yeah. And uh, I don't know the status of J.J. Watt. Um, He's healthy-ish. You know, he'll be healthy for three games. Right, and then he'll be out for the year. Yeah, I've never yeah, seen yeah. anything like it. He's I been know. lost for the year. It's, it's disappointing times, right? because as an NFL fan, we want to see greatness. We want to experience yeah. greatness. Even if we want to root against it, we want to see it, right? So that's also, I, I find J.J. Watt to be highly likable. Mm-hmm. I think that he, he seemed—do you think so or no? Yeah, I think so. I think in the commercials and stuff, he's he's fun to watch. And, yeah, I do. I think he's likable. He works hard. I think he's a, you know, a good teammate um, and a good player, man. I just I think the NFL is better when you have your, your great players playing. So it's, it's been disappointing for me, but, he's man, he's baller. It's almost like you remember when Gronkowski had like two or three years where he was banged up, and you're just like, gosh, is this yeah. guy ever going to get on the field? Can we you just know? keep this guy on the field? Yeah, please. Sure. We need we need more Gronkowski. We need more JJ Watt. We need more you know Deshaun Watson. When he got hurt, you know, and gets nicked up, it's like, come on, we want we want great, you know, more great. So, uh, but yeah, he, he'll be back um, at least for a couple games. So where were we on the subject? Oh, uh, I was asking I, you. I, is yeah, Houston is your team in this division? I give them the nod. I give them the nod, but it wouldn't surprise me if Indy made it happen, for sure. It, would I, be, it wouldn't surprise me if Phillip Rivers had an excellent season. Not at all. No, I think he will have an excellent season, um, and I think this is a three a three team slug match for the division crown with Tennessee. I think Indianapolis is my favorite just because I think Phillip Rivers gives the Colts enough, um, gives them more than what um, Jacoby Brissett got last year or gave them last year. So I'm there, but let me hit you with the over-under again. i got to pull this guy back up. Over-under for the Colts season win totals, nine. Wow, wow. Challenging line, man. This is like, that's the same same win total that I think um, uh, Pittsburgh got. I think it's the same win total that Philadelphia got. So nine, I mean, that means they have to win 10 to to be on the over there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go under. You're going under. Yeah, well, I'm going to stick with what I said about Houston. I'm on the over. Really, I'm going to stick yeah. with what I said. I think Indianapolis is the best team in the division. I think what are they they went like seven and nine last year. Jacoby Brissett. I think Philip Rivers can get them three more. I'm going to go with the over. Um, but this it's is a tough one. It is a tough one because I really think that the division winner here goes ten and six, and then I think we have two nine and seven teams with one of those nine and seven teams making the playoffs. Mm. Um, and you know I'm not saying that. And it wouldn't shock me if the Colts went 11 and five. But I think the the absolute ceiling for all these teams is 11 and five because it is going to be a slug match. Like, um, you know, division is on the up. Um, if you're not like a, a a big watcher of the AFC South, the division is on the up. Um, out, outside of Jacksonville, but um. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Speaking of Jacksonville, oh, before we get to the Jacksonville Jaguars, reminder for everybody, the 2020 Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide, click the link below. Um, I think over 40 reviews on Amazon, five-star, um, what else? Uh, free updates throughout the offseason, math-driven sleepers. We publish our, our sleeper success history as well. We don't run from it. Um, and uh, and we do, we do our guide is a little bit different than what you see. Uh, we do our own projections. We have our own analytics, uh, proprietary stuff. So um, in my opinion, we're just a little bit above the rest, and you can see it in the reviews uh, our readers agree. So uh, the the Jacksonville Jaguars, look, Gardner Minshew coming in. Uh, he will be the quarterback there, obviously, moving forward long term. Um, I think it was good of the four, uh, I'm sorry, of the Jaguars to trade Nick Foles so that there isn't, you know, if, if Gardner Minshew kind of slides back a little bit and regresses, um, that there's not a quarterback controversy. But let me hit you with this, Brad. This is an interesting storyline that we sometimes touch on. We have the sophomore quarterback, right? The sophomore quarterback, oh, like the, the book on sophomore quarterbacks is they always recede a little bit. 
because yeah, right. defensive coordinators have a full offseason to prepare. Well, yeah. I think that's going to happen to Gardner Minshew. I like Gardner Minshew. I'm on record as I love Gardner Minshew. I think he's, you know, came out um, without any hype in the draft. I think he balled out. I love his chemistry. We're talking about chemistry with uh, the old chemistry with DeAndre Hopkins and Deshaun Watson. I think we have a similar thing going on with uh, Gardner Minshew throwing downfield to DJ Chark. I like Gardner Minshew a lot. So don't get me wrong, Jags fans, but I think that Without having an off-season program, you have Jay Gruden, which after the scandal hits, as of the time of this recording, the scandal hasn't actually officially dropped, but we'll see if Jay Gruden even survives um, and, bec- and is the offensive coordinator. But um, no off-season reps in the new offense. That hurts. You have defensive coordinators from opposing teams have a season to tape. They know how to defend against Gardner Minshew. That hurts. Um, I feel yeah. like Gardner Minshew needed this off-season to basically keep ascending. So I think he's going to regress just a bit. Not to say he's he's regressing as a player, but I think the rest of the league is going to catch up and throw him some new stuff, and he's going to have a little bit of difficulty dealing with that. What do yeah, you think? I think so too, 100%. I, I, I don't like him as much as you do. I do. I like um, him. I think he's better than Baker Mayfield. Well, I'm not going to disagree with that. I don't yeah. think Baker Mayfield has anything to offer. I would even argue that fast forward two seasons and we don't know where that guy is. Whatever happened to Baker Mayfield? He's backing somebody, somebody up in Seattle, right? We just like forgot about him. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, could that's could be, could be. Anyway, um, I think what happens in this league, like you were saying, is a quarterback can come in and if they have talent, nobody knows what they like to do. Nobody knows the game plan. No one has seen them operate yet. Mm -hmm. But like you said, through the course of the season, now they know. And I think he definitely takes a dip back, unfortunately. Yeah, I think he will. And I think it'll take, you know, maybe eight games for him to to start to, you'll see, build that back up. And a spoiler alert, we haven't talked about the NFC West. Um, I think that's going to be a theme this coming season with the San Francisco 49ers. Remember, Jimmy Garoppolo took them to the Super Bowl in his first regular season as a full-time starter, the 16 games, you know? I think that the teams will be a little bit more prepared for Jimmy Garoppolo's weaknesses as well, and we'll see him recede a little bit before climbing back up. But I do think that's going to be a, um, a factor. But let's be real about this. I mean, Jacksonville, they got rid of a lot of pieces this offseason. Um, they know they're in a rebuild. Uh, A.J. Boye is gone. We, we saw the Ramsey trade last season. Clayus Campbell gone. Nick Foles traded. Uh, they didn't add a ton in free agency. You see Tyler Eifert reunited with Jay Gruden if he ends up being the coach. I actually like the Chris Thompson signing, uh, reuniting with um, Jay Gruden. I think that's a very underrated move for Daily Fantasy. I'm sorry, Daily Fantasy and uh, PPR Fantasy football players out there. The draft, you know, they added uh, you know some nice pieces. Uh, Kalevin Chason, um, or is it Chason? Kate Chason, whatever. Uh, C.J. Henderson, uh, LaVisca Chenault. I, I, like the top of their draft I liked, but it's going to take a while for these guys to pay dividends. Um they're not going to compete in this division. I think the three other teams are head and shoulders above them at this point. That defense has to reload. The offense even has to reload just a little bit um, with their new coach. So we'll see what goes. I'm going to hit you with the over and under here, Brad. Four and a half wins for the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2020. Oh, God. Uh, you know what? <laughs> Poor Jacksonville. Let's yeah. say over. Gotta say over. I would just have a bully. Um... I'm on the over as well. Uh, I, I, five wins. I think they're they're five and eleven. Gotta go over. But I don't think they're six and ten. I think they're a five and eleven team. So I, I think that um, it'll take a while. I mentioned Gardner Minshew. Would not shock me if they. I haven't looked at their schedule um, here, but it wouldn't shock me if they go like two and six, one and seven in that first 
thing, and then they go on a little bit of a run, kind of like what Miami did last year, almost, um, you know, kind of stinking it up at first. Everybody freaks out. Everybody's thinking, is Gardner Minshew the guy? You start to see that press, and then, yeah, they, they put together a nice back half of the season. That's my projection for them. Uh, okay, last team here, uh, Brad, 2020. Uh, Tennessee Titans, before we talk about them. The 2020 Fantasy Football Almanac and Draft Guide, free updates throughout the offseason. Uh, check in the uh, the Amazon link below. Got 45-star reviews. Um, it's five-star rated book. Uh, you know, free updates, like I said, throughout the offseason. Better sleepers, uh, better picks, better draft strategy, better draft tiers, all of that. So just check it out. Learn more. Um, better than anything you're going to be able to get um, in a grocery store. And I think, uh, as you can see in the reviews, I think better than anything you'll get on Amazon, for that matter. Okay, so the Tennessee Titans... Uh, Tannehill is the starting quarterback there. Um, they have him, and they just signed as of today Derrick Henry to a four-year contract. So they have him. I think that was a huge deal. Uh, we saw A.J. Brown ball out as a rookie receiver last year. Um, kind of uh, the exception to the rule where the rookie really comes out and, and does well. Uh, you know, they had a little bit of subterfuge in the salary cap because they had to pay Tannehill and they had to pay um, Derrick Henry. So they've lost some pieces. But I think that... Vrabel and the coaching staff is building a nice program there. Um, you know, adding an offensive lineman helps in the draft. I know they lost one in free agency. Um, uh, you know, I like I, I like this Titans team. They did have to reload a little bit in free agency, though. Uh, did have to reload in the draft, so they lost some pieces, but the core is still there. What do you think about the Titans and what they did towards the last part of the uh, the NFL season, the playoff yeah. run, going get to the AFC I... Championship game? That was so awesome. I loved the Titans, man. And I loved, uh, what's his name, Henry? Did we just say that? Yeah, Henry, Derrick Henry, yeah. Henry, God, that guy, I love watching him play. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't see enough in in today's day and age of, like, hard nose, run the ball, Mm. like, button it up. We're going to win that way. We're just, smash mouth. We're just going to be stronger than you, and that's how we're going to win. Right. You know, I, I don't think you get a lot of that. And I loved it. I ate it up. Yeah. And, you know, when they – when they, I got the bet right in the uh, in the postseason when they beat – now, I thought the Ravens would win the game by three, but I was I was definitely on the Titans to cover that playoff game that they won. And they, they did. They played phys- – they basically matched the intensity of Baltimore physically. And Baltimore is a physical kind of first team, and they had trouble – closing the gap when you know they had a two-score lead on them. So Tennessee was able to do that. Now, um, Kansas City, they had a two-score lead on Kansas City. You can't keep Kansas City down for four quarters. You just can't. So you need – even uh, Bill O'Brien, they had a four-score lead on them. They it just couldn't keep them. Yeah, you, you can't right. keep Kansas City down. But any no, other team, no. if they played any other team in that AFC Championship game, they would have made the Super Bowl. But it is what it is, man. Kansas City is great, and, and they proved right. that. Um, right. Like Tannehill, I always thought he was a little underrated as a quarterback. Um, I came out last – it was funny because when we did this uh, division preview last year, and I was a little rude, but I was talking about how Mariota, just not a believer in Mariota, and that Tannehill would be the starter there. I got nailed. I got nailed. Um, I had threats to my safety, uh, Brad, if you can mm. believe it. People are that were that up. Um, up. Wait, Mar- what did you say? I just said Marcus Mariota is not an NFL quarterback, and he's not. He's not. I'm sorry, uh, he's not. And I know I'm going to have t- Titans fans this year watching this um, and listening to this get all ticked off. He's not an NFL quarterback. How, how is that crossing some line? <laughs> I don't know, I mean, man. He's a likable guy. Like he's very likable. Yeah. And people love their quarterback. But once we saw t- like Tannehill, the difference with Tannehill is that he can throw the ball downfield. And so once Tannehill got in there, Tennessee took off. And that's why I think Tennessee, like, 
even in the the over under win totals and the division, like people are kind of feeling like they caught lightning in the bottle. I think this is a different offense because I think Tannehill throws the ball downfield. I think Tannehill was a little bit underrated in Miami. People don't like Adam Gase. But people also forget that Tannehill took the Dolphins to the playoffs. Didn't play in the playoffs because I think he shredded his ACL in Week 17 that year. But Tannehill is a legitimate playoff um, quarterback, and he took that team to the AFC Championship game. Um, that defense, that tough physical football that Vrabel kind of puts together, is obviously a, uh, a big part. And when they have a lead, dude, they can run it out with Derrick Henry too, yeah. which is you yeah. know a big deal. And so I like yeah. this team, man. This is kind of like what what we grew up watching in the 90s. Um, it's it, it harkens back to those days. AJ Brown is a good enough threat, and they add some pieces in the in the passing game. Johnu Smith is ascending at tight end. I like this Titans team, man. I think they're underrated. I actually put them ahead of Houston. If I had to guess, I think Indy finishes first, Tennessee finishes second, makes the playoff. Houston finishes on tiebreakers third and misses the playoffs. That's my prediction for this division. Um, so I like the Tennessee Titans a lot. I think they're a team that is built for the playoffs, which is a good thing, like we saw last year. I don't think last year was smoke and mirrors. Now, do I think that they're going to get a 90%? 90-9-0, Brad, 90% touchdown percentage when they get in the red zone, that's not sustainable. It's just not, right? Teams that can run the ball well statistically are better in the red zone, but 90% when Tannehill took over, that's not sustainable. Wow. So they're going to yeah, gonna take right, a little bit right. of a step back. That's why I say they're probably like a 9-7, and 10-6 team, but they're a team I don't want to play in freaking January and February because when that weather gets cold, Tannehill can throw the ball For downfield, sure. and Derrick Henry's yeah. hitting you, punching the face. That's not a team I want to play, and that's not a team you know the Ravens wanted to play last year. You know, it's just they're a good team, so I respect the hell out of them. I just think Indianapolis with uh, Philip Rivers and that organization takes a little bit of a step forward. But I'm not I'm not counting the Titans out, and I'll take the apologies from all those Titans fans that didn't think Tannehill would be the starter last year and were really angry and were coming out and you know you know ripping into me. I'll take your apologies now, um, and I'll and you know you can tell me that I was right. Uh, because I know I'm going to get a lot of compliments, um, you know, based on my football knowledge. Because I know, I know the Titans fans are just waiting to apologize uh, for my for for that analysis that I gave them last year and in their disagreement. I think they enjoyed that AFC uh, championship run. Do you, do you think so, Brad? Uh, a little bit. And I'm still going to get comments that Mariota, that the book is not closed on Mariota. I'm, I promise you, I'm going to get those comments too. So that's that's fine. That's all well and good. I'm I'm content taking your apologies ten years from now. <laughs> Anyway, oh, well, let me hit you with the over under, Brad. Uh, over under for the Tennessee Titans, eight and a half wins. Mm, I'm going to go under. I say they win eight games. Uh, <laughs> I disagree, man. I think nine games mm. is the floor for them, assuming Tannehill is healthy. Um, mm, okay. That's just I, where I, I am. I, I actually don't think they repeat their success. I, think, I, don't, I don't know why. It's well, odd. look, man, that, that red zone touchdown percentage stat is, I mean, it, it's, it, it's, it's like if you play an easy level in Madden. You struggle to get a ninety percent touchdown conversion percentage. It's just, it's just crazy. Um, but you know the Titans did it last year. I don't think they can do that this year. Um, teams will be a little bit more prepared. But look, man, they they can hand the ball off to Derrick Henry four times and get twelve yards and just keep that thing moving forward. You know, Derrick Henry he can get you three yards per carry. Just don't even punt. Just hand the ball off. Yeah, every right. Time. I know. I know. Nah, I know. I know. I'm just. I'll, goofing, probably, but... I'll probably eat my words. I th yeah, I think I think the Titans are better. I'm on the over, um, and I think we can end the episode there. Brad, thanks for the time. Uh, AFC South in the books. We're going to be talking about the very interesting NFC South next week with uh, Tom Brady yeah, and Drew very Brees. Interesting. Ooh, new new kind of regime there in uh, Carolina, and then you have Atlanta, who's uh, who I know you don't really like so much, Brad, but they're always kind of 
I mean, they always, they're always at least 500. So, well, they're interesting. So, anyway, we'll talk about that next week. Hey, everybody, go out, make some bets, and get paid. You want to get paid? Then get paid. Sean and Brad help you with the games. From the fantasy to the gambling. We the NFL experts help you win. You better tune in for the two hosts. They know everything from the players to the coaches. So get paid on a Sunday. Because the team right here know the game the most. From Chi-Town to the Florida coast. Got swag. Got butter with the toast. Brad's a washed up model. Don't hate on that. Sean writes the fantasy football almanac. So quit that losing time to win. We talk fantasy or real. Whatever you win. You're going to wish this podcast never ends. Now get ready for the best show to begin. Let's go.